coming up on this episode of Adusted to Lead. If you are your only employee and you had a record month and you had great sales, give yourself the Salesman of the Month award. When you have a good business in good times, you make money. When you have a inspiring actionable content that helps you get focused, get started, and be impactful. This is Audacity to Lead. Hello and welcome to Audacity to Lead. My name is Daya Samuel and this is the podcast where I give you the courage and necessary insight to step out and lead with more influence. Of course, if you're looking to develop a compelling message, a marketable product and program, and a meaningful platform, you're in the right place. Today, I'll be having one very interesting conversation with Leslie Hassler. Today, we are actually going to be looking into something very, very interesting. As a precursor to our discover, uh, to our conversation today, have you felt like walking away from everything in your business? Now, in our first business, Leslie, she actually felt that way. After struggling to grow back into our interior design business after the 2008 recession that took place in the U.S., Leslie was ready to go through in the tower. She was actually ready to give in. She was burned out and just sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know that feeling you get when you're actually about to say, actually, I'm giving up. Now, in an ultimatum moment with herself, Leslie decided to get help or to get out. Luckily, she wasn't ready to quit. Getting help, her business grew 150% in less than six months. And that is something every entrepreneur wants to experience, isn't it? Now, confident mm-hmm. that she could, she set about rewriting the rules to business and get back the zest for being an entrepreneur. Today, Leslie owns your business rules and coaches women business owners to bounce back from burnout, reignite growth in their business, and their passion for doing what they do. Now, Today, particularly in this podcast, you are going to be learning how to actually bounce back whether you've been burnt out or you've actually about to throw in the towel on your business. You know, sometimes you get to that point where in your business you feel like, "Mm, I've done this long enough. I don't think this thing actually has a way out. Let me just quit it and then go away. Sometimes it could be the entrepreneur's trap. Now, Leslie has the unique ability to simplify the complex process of building and growing a business, whether it's marketing, sales, systems, or just find the time to do it all. You'll make more progress working with Leslie than you ever did on your own. And I'm glad to be welcoming Leslie Hessler on the show today. Leslie, welcome to Audacity to Lead. Well, howdy. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I'm so excited to be speaking with you today, particularly learning about how we can grow our businesses as entrepreneurs who are more into the personal brand space and we're actually looking at increasing our bottom line. So today we'll be having this conversation with you and I really, really personally look forward to learning a lot from you as well as every single person listening to us. So once again, I want to say welcome to the show, Leslie. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we've got lots to talk about. 
awesome 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 so let's before we jump into the full conversation for today let's do a little backtrack and just go back into how you actually started business what was it that actually took you into business that made you to say okay today i actually want to start business well um I've been an entrepreneur for almost 10 years. Next May will be 10 years. And I tell people that I started off as an accidental entrepreneur, meaning that I was working in interior design, working for other people. And I found out on a Wednesday that I was not going to have a job by Monday. And part of that reason is, is in, especially um, in my frame of reference, you know, interior design firms tend to be really small businesses. And sometimes... We're good at what we do, but we're not good at business. And so I was working for people that were great designers, but not so good at business. And so I really was a little tired (laughs) of always having to find another job. And so I decided to kind of open my own business. And I did no planning, Um, opened it up, filed paperwork in three days. It really was... Um, I guess the ultimate in ignorance, you know, some days ignorance is bliss, um, but I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have a plan, <laughs> very <laughs> fun, entertainingly. But, you know, uh, it, we, times were good when I opened up a business and so we picked up work really quickly and I think even in within the first year, easily, first nine months of that business, we were into multiple six figures. Um, you know, wow. obviously I have a head, I have a head for business, but I still, I'm telling you, I didn't plan it. Um, and and you might think, oh, well, you know, she's just boasting or, or being proud or something like that. I, I tell you this because it cost me. It cost me very dearly. And so, like you mentioned, when the recession hit, we lost 50% of our business. I could not will the phone to ring. I could not beg to find a client because you know design is a you know a luxury item it's a want not a need and when the recession started people had different needs <laughs> you know and they couldn't pay for their wants yeah, and so yeah. our I lost my I lost a lot of business and I struggled for two long dark hard years and in that time I worked my tail off because I thought well I wasn't working hard enough or I I did something wrong you know and I had just had to work harder and do more and you know that would make it work that would make it work and the honest truth was success in business really doesn't have anything to do with how hard you work or how many hours you work it really doesn't Um, when you have a good business in good times you make money when you have a good business in bad times, you make money. But you cannot have a bad business in bad times and make money. And that's where I was. So I really had to, um, like I said, I, had, I call it my come to Jesus moment <laughs> where I had to put up or shut up. You know, I, there, it was so abundantly clear that the way that I was doing it wasn't going to work. Now, how what? easy was it for you to get out of that season where it was like everything was going to crash and how were you able to bounce out of that you know um part it was is i i got a business coach you know and i when i was talking having my come to jesus moment i sat there and i was like okay i'm smart i'm a hard worker but obviously that's not it i need to find somebody to show me 
because I haven't been able to figure it out. Like the books aren't telling me, the conferences aren't telling me. I need somebody to show me what to do. And um, I didn't believe it at the time that it could bounce back as well as it did. But now that I've done it and seen just really um, how when you keep business simple, you actually have a greater chance to succeed. When you're focused, you have a greater chance to succeed. So I will tell you, it was easy. It was so stinking easy. Um, Not that I wasn't stressed out because I was coming out of the hole, but it was easy to do. And the really kind of fun thing and why I started my coaching business, Your Biz Rules, is that it's repeatable over and over and over again. You know, my family and I had a situation where we were moving cities um, about four hours away and I was moving my business from one city to the next. And when you move a business like that, especially one that's a word of mouth business, you would naturally expect to have a couple bad years because you have to rebuild your business. Mm -hmm. Well, what I learned that brought me back from the recession, I just used again and I actually grew another 10% over our prior year just by using these same kind of principles that you know I know we're going to get to here in a second. Now, uh-huh. if you look at your story and how you actually took the leap from that season into the season you're in, the, there are probably some lessons that you actually learned coupled with the ones you've just shared. Now, tell us a little about some of those lessons you actually learned through that season. Um, The first one is that you can't drive a bus blindly, you know, Uh, meaning that I was not paying attention to key numbers in my business. You know, yes, I had taxes and did profit and loss and all that stuff. um, But in some ways, while that's important, it's also history, right? I wasn't really looking at some key numbers, and there's seven numbers to really pay attention in your business. Um, They're the leads, how many leads are coming into your business. The next one's conversion, and how well do you turn the lead into a client. Then it's your average sale per client. What are people spending? Um, How many times do they purchase from you? What your net profit is? And then these two little magical numbers um, called the cost of client acquisition. So that's basically if you took all the money you spend in marketing and divided it, divided it by your new clients, you'd get a number, how much it costs you to purchase that client, and then lifetime value of a client, which is basically how long somebody stays with you, how much do they spend? You know, you want to know these numbers. Knowing these numbers scares so many people that aren't used to doing it because they're afraid of what it might say. But when you don't know these numbers, you, you it's like driving down a highway blindfolded. You're, it's not a matter of if you're going to hit something. It's a matter of when. Being afraid of that, of knowing you know, where your business truly stands, keeps so many people from being successful, just as it kept me. So that's probably the biggest lesson. Um, you know, if I had to say there was a second one, is that busy doesn't pay the bills. Being busy hmm. doesn't pay the bills. Interesting. And I don't know if you have this um, problem as much as we do in the States, is from a very early age, we're programmed to be busy. Like, don't don't be seen just sitting around, you know. you got to work hard and be busy and always be doing something. Well... <laughs> You know, it's, it's a case. Well, mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs, we do it too, right? 
Oh, mm-hmm. we're on Facebook and we're trying to do X, Y, and Z. Oh, you know, I've got, I've got filing to do and I've got, you know, to go pick up the mail. And we keep ourselves busy doing busy work. We don't focus on the activities that actually bring in cash, you know, because we're too scared or, or shy or we were had a horrible client experience, whatever the story is. So we keep busy. Um, and that means you're, you're not, if busy, just like I said, busy doesn't pay the bills. And I was busy. I, I was working 80 hour work weeks because I thought that's what you had to do. That kind of hustle and grind, sac- make hard sacrifices. Um, but I wasn't doing anything other than being busy for 80 hours a week. So, um, now, you know, my company right now runs on about 30 hours a week. Um, sometimes a little more, sometimes less. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty fluid like that. But I just, I even look at it and I'm like, does this grow my business? Anytime I look at a task, I'm like, does this grow my business? Does this help me grow my business? And if it doesn't, I move on. I just, I give people permission to put things in the trash can all day long um, so that you're really focusing on what matters in a business. Hmm. Awesome. Now, if someone is to... If someone is to actually grow his business, mm-hmm. what are the things that the person needs to do? And when I talk about things, I mean, what steps can someone actually take? Like a kind of framework that somebody can actually follow that this is the point where I am, like you have mm-hmm. done. You have grown 150% in less than six months. Okay, so this person wants to actually repeat what you have done. What are the steps that mm-hmm. this person can actually follow if someone wants to get that kind of result? Well, the first step is um, realize that if you, especially if you've been in business for a while or even if you're new, that you're going to have to release something, meaning that you have to make room for growth. You can't just keep adding more to your plate. It doesn't work well and you won't be able to sustain it. And sometimes, you know, we release um, our beliefs and how it should happen. Um, One belief that, you know, I help people kind of release all day long is that they don't have the money to grow. Well, you know, to kickstart growth, you don't always need to spend money. You will eventually need to spend money um, so that you can get leverage and you can do more and be more efficient. But you just have to start with the release. Once you've released, then you get into really understanding where your opportunities are. Those seven numbers that I give you. Um, I work. I have a worksheet that I'll do for my clients based upon what their past history is to see where is the best opportunity to grow. You know, most naturally, everyone thinks, oh, I need more clients right? That's not always the best place to start. I had a client I just brought on at the beginning of the year. Um, by all means, outwardly a healthy looking you know, business, a half a million dollar um, landscaping business. And when I dug into the numbers, they felt like I need more people. I need more crews to service more clients. I looked at the numbers and she had lost $100,000 in profit wow. when she grew. Wow. She had grown $200,000, right? She'd grown from like $300,000 to $500,000. But when we looked at those seven figures, she left $100,000 on the table. So what, what am I going to, you know, it's like kind of a, which, which choice do you want? Do you want to spend more money to hire more team, to have find more clients, 
or do you want to fix the profit issue? Hmm. I pay, you know, it's like, which is easier? I'll tell you, the profit is a lot easier to fix first. So a lot of times, it's you have to look at those numbers. That's why I called it out as one of the key things, because it tells you where the opportunity is time and time again. It also will tell you if growing will capsize your business, because people do. Some, if you don't really understand how to grow your business or paying attention to the numbers, you can put yourself out of business trying to grow. And we see that happen all the time. So that's kind of step two. The next part is you want to leverage. As a small business, you have to find leverage wherever you can. And some days that, you know, technology gives us great um, ways to leverage. I know you share, you know, how to start a podcast and a lot of the tools there. That's a leverage point, right? That's leveraging something somebody's already learned and they're sharing with you so that you don't have to invest the time to learn it. Um, You can leverage money. You know, this, again, I I tell this all the time is initially people are always thinking about, I got to save money money in my business. I can't spend it. I don't have it. Um, Well, the thing, the real truth is if you don't have it, okay, fine. But that doesn't mean somebody else doesn't. And there are more, there's more than one way to bake a cake, you know, get out there and find it. Hmm. And then you got to be able to experiment. I think this is what really leads people to burnout is we think, you know, oh, growth should be easy. It should be perfect. I should get it right the first time. It doesn't happen like that. You know, we see people being successful, but we don't see the struggles that they go through. You have to have this little mad scientist approach to your business to be able to figure out your secret sauce. Just because it worked for somebody else doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but you have to figure it out along the way. And then the last kind of step is celebrate every little, every, every little um, victory that you can celebrate it. If you are your only employee and you had a record month and you had great sales, give yourself the salesman of the month award. Nobody's going to laugh at you. <laughs> You're laughing. I know everybody loves that. But here, here's the real truth is growing a business and being an entrepreneur is not all wine and roses. Mm-hmm. There's some really difficult choices that you have to make. If you don't celebrate it when you win, no matter how small the win, you lose your motivation to continue. And we don't want to do that. We want to be in it for the long haul, right? Sure. So that's kind of the five rules of growth. If you want to put like the system or how you put this together, that that's what they would be. <laughs> awesome. So you've just shared with us five steps or five simple frameworks that someone can use to grow their business following how you've done yours by 150%. And actually, this looks pretty simple to do. Now, for number two, when you were talking about, le- number three, rather, when you talked about leverage, am I right? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, you actually mentioned podcasts. That, for example, for me, I actually use podcasts as one of my leverage. Now, I would like to know what are some of the other mediums someone a listener can actually use as a leverage for growing their business? So um, some of the bigger challenges that most people talk about when they're like, I can't grow. Time is a big one. I don't have the time. I'm already so busy. I can't even think about doing some things. So there's kind of um, 
technology really kind of steps into here. You know, one of my favorite tools is, uh, and you have one too, it's a scheduler, right? It's, it's being able to send somebody a link and they find time on your schedule and they kind of, you know, they set themselves in and it automatically goes. That saves a lot of time. I don't know if you remember the old way of doing it. Hey, are you available at 11? No, I'm not available at 11. What about at 2? No, I'm not available at 2. You know, it kind of takes all this little, you know, cruddy stuff out of the way. That stuff, that minutiae, is really what gets sticky and it's kind of like walking through mud. We got to get a lot of that out of the way. Um, We have to use systems and processes. And people rebel against systems and processes but the process will set you free because the minute that you actually document and create a standardization in your business means you can repeat it right means you can hire somebody to do it and still have the same work product um that is huge it's, it's something I think if you've been in business, you know, one or two times, you, you understand why you have to get it done at day one. But some days it's, it's hard for younger businesses to understand why they need those, those types of things. Um, and then you leverage people. Right. And that's that's what your your listeners are doing here. They're leveraging people to learn. And I call it, I like to call it standing on the shoulders of giants. You can learn it. Most entrepreneurs are brilliant and have all the ability to learn it on their own. But do you have the time? And do you really need to? When you can leverage somebody else, either um, from a partnership, a mastermind, a coach, you know, podcast, whatever those things are, to leapfrog over. That's the, one of the best ways to get traction in your business is when somebody else can look in and say, hey you forgot to do this or you know you might want to do that because it works <laughs> versus you know the frustration that you can get some days when you feel like you're just keep running up against the same barriers amazing amazing so so that means we can leverage time we can leverage people we can leverage systems right mm-hmm. and many was the last one we talked about as well so the money we said we talked about it okay. a question or two ago um, yeah but yep, you know yep. Being a little more innovative <laughs> and where the money comes from. Awesome, awesome. In fact, maybe we should even switch a little and talk about money <laughs> in business. Of course, you actually have done a couple of work with clients when it comes to helping them grow their sales and their marketing. Uh huh. So, um, that's has something to do with growing the bottom line. Now, let's mm-hmm. look at that. If someone is trying to actually leverage money to grow their business, what mm-hmm. can they do? How can they do it? Okay, so, you know, the obvious one that we'll say is funding. I won't spend too much time in that, but you can get private investors. There are lots of, of organizations out there looking to really give businesses money, um, even if you're not bankable. So that's one, obviously. Two, I, I want to talk about this concept of sweat equity partnerships. And it basically is a concept where you partner with a complementary business in a marketing venture, let's say, to the, to the betterment of both people. 
And in these partnerships, the idea is is to find, you know, find that kind of partner that maybe is just a little bit ahead of you, but still trying to grow their business. And they have money, but they don't have time. You, on the other hand, maybe you're in the, I don't have money, but I have time. And you kind of come together and you put in the work and they put in the funding and then you can go. Now, in in the States, we have um, when big businesses have this relationship in some ways, a retailer will have this relationship with like a manufacturer where they call it cooperative marketing. And essentially, the manufacturer gives the retailer money to advertise their product. You can take that same concept and make it work for a small business. It's, it, it really is quite a, I mean, do you want an example in that area? Sure, 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 sure. Because actually, this is an aha moment for me, personally. <laughs> <laughs> so, Okay. So a couple of things. Let's say um, you have a house cleaning service, all right, that you go in and you cl- you provide maids and, and you clean for other people. But you want to, you know, branch out. You want to do something like a door, a door, what we call door hangers. So like a flyer that hangs on people's doors, yep. um, but you can't afford to do them. So if you think about it, you're servicing a homeowner. Right, mm-hmm. and you might think, um, what other businesses would like to get some introductions to these same homeowners? Maybe it's a landscape crew, maybe it's a painter, maybe it's a plumber, maybe it's a, a roofer or a builder. Right? I've just given you four really easy natural partnerships. Well, you can keep the front of the door hanger, and you could sell advertising blocks to those four businesses and those four businesses in their advertising costs would pay for the entire printing so you yourself aren't out any money for this marketing effort you know and you've developed a win 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 kind of proposition for the your potential clients and your partners that's just kind of one idea of what you could do um there's you know you can go so many different ways with it and it could be to host an event it could be um you know it could be for more traditional advertising or even online advertising so there's a lot of ways you can go you just have to partner with the right people so that they get a they see a benefit and you see a benefit um one of the other ways that we do this is through what i call strategic alliances and partnerships and basically again you're looking for complementary non-competitive businesses that you can partner together to drive business and sometimes that's just referrals but like last Friday I held a workshop with an image stylist now you might not think that image styling and business coaching have a lot to do with each other well my <laughs> image stylist works with entrepreneurs oh, so we I did see. uh-huh right so we did a full day workshop on networking and she talked about image and presence and how you walk into a room and feel confident and be confident. I talked about what your 30-second commercial is, how you find where to network, how do you follow up. It was a, a beautiful partnership, right? We did amazing work. It was so cool to see how much people had changed. But that's a strategic alliance, okay? So, again, I didn't have to pay to be a part of that and we both 
resulted in a win-win. We both came away making money on the day and helping people. So that's the thing about money is we get so wrapped up with what the bank account says that we feel like you can't. I don't, I don't have money to grow. That's just an excuse that you're telling yourself. There's always a way to do these things. So that's just that's what money leverage is about. I love the examples you actually gave. They are really, really, really enlightening. Thank you for sharing that. Now, so far, we've been discussing how to grow your business by 150% following exactly how Leslie Hathler has done has. And pretty much, I, as the host of this <laughs> show, has learned fantastically much from Leslie. Thank you for sharing all this wonderful insights with us leslie well thank you for having me i've so enjoyed being here today awesome well just before we jump off this episode let's say somebody just becomes mesmerized and fascinated by what you've just shared and says let me come over and get more from leslie how can that person find you well i'll make it really easy so I'm actually, I'll give you um, a chance to get some of these great marketing ideas um, and ways to look at opportunities for you to grow your business. And that's with my marketing quick fix. So it's just 87 ways that you can double your business. And it's really cool because it tells you like how expensive the tactic is and how quick you can see results. So you can choose something that's right for the goals that you have. And you can grab that at yourbizrules.com forward slash marketing quick fix. Really easy. Okay, the marketing quick fix, there's no hyphen in between marketing and quick fix, right? No, it's just marketing quick fix after your bizrules.com. Okay, so it's y-o-u-r-b-i-z-r-u-l-e-s.com slash marketing quick fix, right? Exactly, yes. Awesome, 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 awesome. So, if you're listening to us right now, Please go ahead and check out yourbizrules.com slash marketingquickfix and get yourself a copy of the marketing quick fix that Leslie has prepared for you. And that will be a way for us to say thank you to Leslie for sharing so much of herself and our expertise with us on this podcast today. Thank you again, Leslie, for being on this show today. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Awesome. So at this point, we are going to be dropping off for this particular episode. Remember, the more you actually give yourself permission, the easier it is for you to grow, as Leslie has said. And for you to actually do that, you need to leverage on some of the things Leslie has said. So if you would, you can listen again to this episode to just pick some things you probably might have forgotten. But for whatever reasons, remember... You can get focused, get started, and be impactful till I come your way again on the next episode. Catch you, and my name remains Dio Samuel. For every single thing we've discussed on this episode, you can actually get a direct link to them at audacitytolead.com. Till next time, be impactful. <laughs>